now. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Well, the Giants got their start tonight. They trail the Cleveland Browns at home, 13-3. to Who cares about the score? It's just about uh, you know each individual player. Barkley looked good. Davis Webb in the game now. Um, we'll keep you updated on that as we move along here. Second quarter, six and a half to go, 13-3 Brownies. Tomorrow, the Jets will get their chance. And right now, to get more information on those Jets, we welcome in Andy Vasquez of the record. Andy, how much uh, playing time we expect to see number 14 get out there tomorrow under center for the Jets? Hey, Sal, thanks for having me on. Uh, I think you're going to get to see plenty of Sam Donald tomorrow. Uh, The way the reps have broken down in practice, it's been just a little bit of Josh McCown uh, and a lot of Sam Donald and Teddy Bridgewater. I think there's a good chance you get to see him play almost a full half of football. Do you think that it's just a matter of time before Bowles names him week one starter? You think that, I mean, according to what I'm reading every day, Andy, it seems like they're headed in that direction. Do you think that it's almost a foregone conclusion? You think it's still up for grabs? I think it's still up for grabs. I think he's got a good shot. I mean, I'm not, he looks even with the other two guys. Not Maybe McCown's a little bit ahead and, and maybe Bridgewater's just a pinch ahead of him, but he's right there with him, which is impressive as a rookie. But, you know, I think, it's way too early to be saying that he's going to be the week one starter. It's way too early to, to know how he's going to look under the gun in preseason action, and that's really what's going to kind of determine this starting quarterback race. Todd Bowles has said it before, that he wants to see how these guys perform under the lights, and I think that's going to go a long way towards determining it. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. I'm curious to get a look at him, too, maybe even more so than Darnold. I know Darnold's not going anywhere. We know he's going to be here. I'm curious to see what Bridgewater can do, Andy, whether it's help them win games this year, whether it's work his value up to a point where they could trade him for an asset, whether it be a pick or some, uh, you know, a, a defensive player, whatever. Um, you think Bridgewater's going to get a lot of runs so they could see what they have in him in this preseason? Absolutely. I think... I don't know if you if you followed the Jets last year and you saw kind of what they did with Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. Obviously, the quarterback level is at a much is at a much higher level this competition this year. But I think you're going to see a similar thing where basically McCown's going to play a couple series in the preseason. You're going to see both of these guys. You're going to see a ton of them. And Bridgewater, he's such an intriguing player right now because nobody knows. He's looked good in practice. He's moved well. He's throwing the ball really well. Um, and when they do drills where they move the ball down the field. He knows what he's doing. He knows where to go with the ball. He's mentally, he's where he was when he left the game two years ago because of that terrible injury. Um, but no one knows what is going to happen when he, gets hit, when he gets hit, how that knee is going to hold up to contact, how it's going to hold up to the rigors of a, you know, a preseason and then an NFL season. So there's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of things that we need to find out, but it's really an intriguing quarterback battle, and Bridgewater is a big part of the reason why. Talking with Andy Vasquez of the record. Jets getting set to make their preseason debut at home tomorrow against the Atlanta Falcons. Give me something else offensively we should be looking for tomorrow, whether it's the offensive line, the tight ends. I guess they're high on Herndon. Give me something that Jet fans should look out for tomorrow to evaluate in preseason game number one. Uh, two rookies. You mentioned Chris Herndon. That is, um, I think he has a really good chance of winning the starting job, at least being the lead pass-catching tight end. I think... Uh, you know, Eric Tomlinson is, is kind of secured a role, given what he did last year. But Herndon is a guy to watch. Let's see if he can do it in the game. He showed good hands. He showed a good ability to block. And he's made some highlight reel catches here in uh, the first 10 practices of training camp. He'll be fun to watch. And then the running back, Trenton Cannon, I don't like to get crazy about watching running backs in practice. 
but he has made a play. This is a, a guy who went to Division Two out of Virginia State. No one thought much of him. He was a six-round pick. And the Jets basically brought him in to be kind of a return guy. And he has gotten the opportunity with Eli McGuire out to get a lot of reps here early in training camp. And he has done a great job. He's in pads with them going live. He's made some plays. But can he do it tomorrow night? Can he do it, continue to do it during the preseason? That is the big question. Those are two guys to watch. I think it'll be exciting. And does Cannon have a chance to be a returner on this team? I know he's been having an issue with you know muffin and fumble and all that stuff. Does he have a, a, a chance to be a return man for this team? I think he has a chance to be a kick return man. He did that in college. He did it well. He had never returned punts before uh, being drafted by the Jets in April, and it has shown. He even muffed one uh, yesterday in practice. It's been an issue. So um, if, unless he can go the rest of the preseason, the rest of camp without making any mistakes on punts, I don't see the Jets putting him in that role. But I do think he has a chance to be a kickoff return guy, and I think he has a legitimate chance to, uh, to earn maybe the third running back spot. Interesting. Looking forward to seeing that. Andy Vasquez of the record covering the Jets. Jets-Falcons tomorrow night, preseason game number one. How about the defense? Everybody talks about Darnold and the offense and the quarterbacks, and I get it. I love this defense, Andy. Led by Jamal Adams. I even like the comments that Jamal Adams has made really since he's been here. To me, he's mature, he's a leader, he's passionate, and he's a great player. You think this Jets defense can be good this year, led by Jamal Adams? Absolutely. I mean, they were pretty good last year. They made, obviously, a drastic improvement over what they were in 2016. Um, You mentioned those comments. He was kind of criticized in some circles for saying publicly that the team hadn't, uh, you know, shown the effort. Some players there hadn't shown the effort and were doing just the bare minimum before he got there. I I didn't mind it. I think it's the right attitude to have. Maybe not say it publicly, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think you want guys on your team like that. And Adams and Marcus May, they're part of the secondary that should be pretty good. If you look at they added Tremaine Johnson, that is going to be the anchor of the defense. There's going to be two big question marks on defense. It's going to be, can anyone other than Leonard Williams generate pass rush? The Jets haven't had, you know, an outside pass rusher since John Abram and Abraham. And then, um, and then you talk about the defense, the defensive line, uh, other than Leonard Williams, who there is proven? Not really anybody. But uh, Nathan Shepard, another rookie to watch, he's looked really good in camp. You're going to want to see what he can do tomorrow night against uh, live NFL competition. Another guy who uh, from Fort Hayes State, a small Division II school, can he make the leap? He sure looks like he can so far in training camp. It'll be another deal tomorrow night, but that's an exciting thing to watch. And it's weird, too, Andy, because the team is kind of built differently. For years, it was about the Jets, you know, front four or front three, however they wanted to work it with the defensive linemen. That was their strength. Now, it doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. They're not as loaded up there, still lacking the pass rusher, the linebacker still trying to develop, whether it's Malden or Darren Lee. you have any expectations for Lee maybe being an edge pass rusher? Did he gain enough weight to where you could see him being a factor? You know, I think the way his game is, he's going to be a guy who stays in the middle. But what you're going to be looking for is kind of someone like, can Jordan Jenkins make that step on the edge? Can Lorenzo Malden, who's been constantly hurt, a third-round pick from 2015, can he take a step forward? He may be injured again, so that's doubtful. Can They've got a couple of, of unknown guys who've kind of jumped into the starting rotation. Two more guys to watch tomorrow night. A rookie, an undrafted rookie. Frankie Louvu, who has really flashed in practice and shown some athleticism and been able to get to the quarterback. And Brandon Copeland, uh, a veteran who's kind of bounced around the league, got hurt with the Lions last year and missed the season after competing for a starting job in the preseason training camp. 
and he's done a nice job. I think both those guys will start at the outside tomorrow night. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of do some things because Mike McCagnan has said that this is the area of priority, the edge rush. He wants to find someone who can get to the quarterback from out there, and he's willing to trade to do it. Maybe he won't have to, but if he's going to uh, not have to trade, it'll be a kind of a surprise guy from the Jets this year. Couple more for you, Andy, before we let you go. Talk about Andy Vasquez of the record covers the Jets. You mentioned injuries and it made me think of Quincy Anunwa. Anunwa was a guy going into last year, I thought was going to have a breakout year and really put himself on the map as one of the better receivers in all of the NFL. Unfortunately, before he even got started, they lost him for the year. How's the health of Anunwa and do you have big expectations for him, assuming he's healthy this season? Well, he's already missed about the last week of practice with a hand injury. Um, it doesn't look like it's something that's going to be a major concern and keep him out long out long term. He had a cast on the hand or a soft cast on the hand a couple of days ago. It's no longer there. I wouldn't. It's hard to, to guess when he'll be back, but um, obviously the neck is the big issue with him. And if he's healthy, I mean, he's shown that he can be a solid receiver. He's shown that uh, he's you know he's a strong guy. He has good hands and. I think he can be a real asset in this offense, maybe not as a number one receiver, but a really good complimentary guy. And I think, you know, the, the capability is there for that to happen this year. But, yeah, he's going to have to stay healthy. And it hurts for a guy who's been out for a year not to be able to be on the field right now and, and kind of get the game back into form. You know, last one for you, Andy. I think this is an important one. For so many years, the makeup of this team has been questionable. I mean, whether under the leadership of Rex, which we certainly knew, and then I thought Bowles came in and tried to clean it up, but they still had some issues inside that locker room. Um, two years ago was a complete disaster. Last year started to be, you know, build on it and be a little bit better. Adams had the comments as we talked about. How do you feel that team chemistry is, the makeup in that locker room with this Jets team this year? Well, everybody always feels good in training camp, right? And these guys are talking about how this is the best they've ever felt about a team. And, you know, we heard similar things last year. It feels like the, the chemistry in the quarterback room feels, for the first time since I've been covering the team, the team, this is my third year, it feels real. It feels good. It feels like these guys like each other. Um, and that's across the board. It seems like there's kind of a swagger and a confidence. Now, if they go out and lose the first three games, that's going to go away, and then you're going to see other problems. It's really, uh, you know, it's going to depend on if they can – the big thing with this team, I think they've kind of got that character thing cleaned up. I think they've got a good group of guys. I think they've got the culture where they want it. Can they win these close games? Because that's when things fell apart last year. If they start having issues with these close games early in the season, it's going to really put a, a bond, I mean, a, a stress on the bond that these guys have formed. And it could be a problem for this team, and it could make things go badly. Uh, if they can somehow find a way to win those close games, I think they could be a pretty good team. Uh, this year. They certainly had the chance to be last year. They lost all those close games. They have added some new pieces. They have a, a better attitude. If they can win those close games this year, I think they could actually be a team that maybe surprisingly gets in the mix for a playoff spot. Thanks, Andy. I don't disagree. I think that they should have some high expectations if all goes well with them. Andy Vasquez of the, of the record, taking some time to join us. We appreciate it. Enjoy the preseason game tomorrow, Andy. So appreciate you having me on. All right. We'll do some more Jets. Whatever, uh, if you feel like talking about the Jets, Giants. Giants still down 13-3 right now. Second quarter, that one about to head to the half. Is it me or is that game taking forever? Um, but I'm looking forward to watching this Jets team this year. I love Todd Bowles. Love McCagnan. Um, I'm starting to really like Darnold. I want to see him go out there in game action. We'll get a chance to do that tomorrow and, you know, see how it plays out in preseason game number one. But I would be excited 
if I'm a Jet fan going into this year, not just based on the development of Darnold. It's about winning, too. You'd like to have the combination of both. You want to see good, clean, crisp, smart football being played, and I think that they will do that under Todd Bowles in another year here. 800-321-0710. We can get back to your Mets calls. You want to talk about football? That's fine, too. Yankees as well. Yanks have a 5-1 lead right now. You know, this is what drives you nuts. Well, I'll tell you. I'll save it. I'll tell you what drives you nuts about certain pitchers in Major League Baseball tonight. It happens to be Jay Happ. We'll do that next on the other side. Mets tickets to give away as well. Sports Zone with Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. We'll take your calls if you want to make them. 800-321-0710. Trying to watch both games, do a talk show at the same time. It's multitasking at its best. Uh, and stay on Twitter, unfortunately, because they have to for some of the news. Uh, Baker Mayfield's look pretty good from what I've seen so far. Um, Giants still trailing in that game. Who cares about the score, though? It's just about watching, you know, the guys like Barkley and Davis Webb. Webb hasn't looked great from what I've seen, but Barkley looked pretty good, obviously, as you would expect. Here's what I was saying before the break. Yanks have a now 5-3 lead over the Rangers in the top of the fifth inning. It drives me nuts when your team goes out there, and this is exactly what Jay Happ is supposed to do. For the Yanks, he's supposed to go provide stability. Doesn't have to be an ace. Doesn't have to pitch like DeGrom or Severino when Severino was at his best. He's just got to be a fourth or fifth starter. You figure he could be consistent. And if the team gives you a big lead, you should be able to hold it and be able to go out there and do your job. So what happens naturally? Yanks, um, Yanks put up a three spot. In the bottom of the fourth, two run homer from Ann Duhart. Neil Walker followed, I believe it was back to back. Walker followed with a home run. Yanks open up a 5 1 lead. All right, should be smooth sailing, right? Jay Happ comes out, top of the fifth inning, take a deep breath. You got a 4 run lead. What does he do? He walks the leadoff batter. I mean, what is wrong with you? Throw strikes. Happ now through the fifth inning as he got uh, a little bit out of the jam there. Walks the leadoff man. Base hit follows uh, a sack bunt and then Shin Su Chu with a two-run double. Getting the Rangers right back in this thing. It's now 5-3. But that type of stuff from pitchers drives me up a wall. You just got a three spot. You're walking the leadoff guy with a four-run lead? How does that happen? Aren't you a major league pitcher? Throw strikes. It can't be that difficult. Throw a strike. I don't care if he hits one nine miles. Do not walk the leadoff hitter. That leads to trouble. So, no, he nibbles around him, ends up walking him, and gives up a two-spot right back. So the Rangers are in the ball game. We head to the bottom of the fifth. Yanks and Rangers 5-3. Red Sox trail the Blue Jays. Red Sox trail. Red Sox trail. I don't know how many times that's been said this year. Probably not too many. They trail the Blue Jays 4-2. I guess you could say forget about the um, the wild card stuff. Who cares about that? Uh, excuse me. Forget about the division. You should be focused on the wild card. The Mariners have a 3-0 lead in the first against Justin Verlander. Interesting. I actually saw this game today. Every morning I would you know, do look over the lines, and I was looking at this one. The Mariners were big underdogs. Maybe like plus 130 or something like that. Not a big underdog necessarily, but an underdog with Paxton on the mound. And it's because they're playing the Astros in Houston with Verlander on the mound. But I actually like the Mariners today, and they put up a three-spot in the first inning. Uh, Mitch Hanniger with a uh, homer in that one. A bunch of hits for the Mariners off of uh, Justin Verlander, who doesn't seem to have it tonight. 
Nationals won earlier today as we go through the scores. They beat the Braves, an important game for them. Oakland uh, is off, so the Yanks don't have to worry about Oakland tonight. But, um, I mean, I'm not overly worried or scoreboard watching, but at this point I guess you have to concede the division if you're the Yanks and look ahead to you know which wildcard game, or not which wildcard game, the wildcard game that you're going to be playing in and where that would in fact be. More importantly, though, as we started the show with the Yankees, talking about how the injuries – Maybe starting to catch up with them that not so, not necessarily in their win loss record, but certainly the, the separation now with the Red Sox from them. And then moving forward, you know, can the Yanks still be a World Series winning team without Aaron Judge, without Aroldis Chapman, who's banged up? Now, Chapman's not on the DL or anything, but they're just not using him as much, which is smart. They have enough guys in the pen to where they should be able to overcome it. You know, forget about even the Britain uh, giving up the two-run homer the other night uh, to Abreu time the game before the Yanks would eventually win in the extra innings. That stuff's going to happen, but they still need Aroldis Chapman to close games and be on top of his game to go win a World Series, to get through the gauntlet of the American League in the postseason. They're going to need to be clicking on all cylinders. Chapman, they need Judge. They might need Gary Sanchez. Sounds like Sanchez is going to come to New York uh, to continue his rehab. I don't know necessarily what that means. You're dealing with Gary Sanchez, who was hurt before with the grind stuff, came back, thought he was okay, and then again gets hurt. So I I don't know the severity of that injury, if we could expect him back anytime soon. Um, But Aaron Judge wasn't able to pick up a bat today, and or has not been able to pick up a bat yet. He has been dealing with the wrist injury still, able to run around, but the fact that his wrist still hurts and he can't hold a bat, that's a problem. Might not be as big a problem if Giancarlo Stanton continues to do what he is doing. Another home run for Stanton. A laser and a left field. Yankees tack on another. They lead it 6-3. Stanton's third homer in three straight games now. Homer, the two-run shot against the White Sox the other night, late in that game to give them a big 3-1 lead that eventually they'd blow but win the game. Then yesterday, the big blow in the game, the grand slam. I think that was in the second inning. And now tonight, a home run in the bottom of the fifth. An absolute bomb. A laser uh off the bat of Jean Carl Stanton in a left center field. Deep into the left center field bleachers. I mean, that guy is impressive. I, I can't even believe where that ball was just hit. 28 on the year for Stanton as he is now starting to pick up the slack with Judge out. You think of the type of year Stanton has had. I mean, beginning of the year, he's looking like a minor leaguer. His average all the way up. Home runs starting to creep up. I don't think he's going to hit 59 the way that he did a year ago. But or 70, the way that people were talking about after he hit two on opening day in Toronto. But Stanton has slowly, quietly, steadily climbed into a really good year for this Yankee ball club. And it's now needed without Judge, without Gary Sanchez. Yanks, though, got to get healthy so they can make a legit run at what was the goal to start the year. I mean, it's still the goal now, but it just becomes a little less realistic of a goal when you talk about all the injuries and all the potential problems that they have. And even outside the injuries, without Luis Severino being an ace, and he hasn't been that last five, six starts now. Decent last night. Not the ace, though. And you would think you're going to need him to be that ace in the postseason. And even if he does get it turned around and starts to pitch like that moving forward the rest of the regular season, because of the question marks off of last postseason with Severino's disappointment, still going to be issues worried about can he do it this year? Or what will he do in the postseason this year? 
So before we anoint the Yankees World Series champions like I was doing really all year long, maybe need to step back a little bit and realize maybe it's not going to be their their year. Who knows? 6-3 Yanks lead the Rangers, bottom of the fifth inning. Giants uh, headed to halftime with the Browns. Giants trail 13-3. Baker Mayfield in the game for Cleveland. Davis Webb in the game for New York. Uh, Saquon Barkley had a big run on the first touch of the game behind that new offensive line. So the Giants, right from the get-go, given their new toy, the the football on the first carry and make it a big play out of it with a 39-yard scamper. So regardless of what happens the rest of the way here, I'm sure Giant fans are going to be excited about that one. Mets tickets to give away when we come back. You should be excited about that. Plus your calls, I'm excited about those. 800-321-0710. It's a sports zone. Take you till 9 o'clock. Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. 6-9. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. All right, now's your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Mets take on the Braves September 27th. Ooh, you could feel the chill as we say that. September 27th out at City Field. It's got to be the final weekend of the year, no? I think that's the final weekend of the year. Final homestand, at least. Uh, out at City Field. Be caller number 26 in honor of Saquon Barkley's big run. 800-321-0710. You will be the winner. To purchase tickets, visit Mets.com slash tickets. What did I do to you? What? It's caller 26. You can handle that. Look at the phones lighting up. All right. uh, Speaking of which, let's get to the phones. Rob in Rockville Center. Rob, now why do you want to trade Jacob DeGrom? All right. Now, good to talk to you. So, look, now that the trade deadline is passed and we're all thinking with clear heads and we're not talking about trading with the Yankees, and I never wanted Torres or Andohar anyway because they haven't proven themselves in major leagues. I really, DeGrom is having the best season of his career at 30 years old, okay? He's not going to get a lot better from here. Even if he had two great seasons, the Mets are not going to be good for two years. They're going to stink for the next two years. So you're going to be looking at DeGrom with a great ERA, losing seasons and a losing record. I think we got to be unemotional about this and trade him. And I really would like to see a player like Christian Yelich on the Brewers and maybe one of their top prospects and a mid-level prospect. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm not doing it, Rob. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. If I'm doing it, I'm certainly not doing it for Yelich. I like Yelich as a player. I'm... I'm not doing that, though. I just I don't believe you could trade DeGrom. If you want to talk me into trading Syndergaard, maybe. Um, but even that, I don't really want to do. I'd rather build around what I see right now from Jacob DeGrom, assume that Syndergaard is going to get back to what he was a couple years ago, and or at least close to it. And then you have those two starting at the top of the rotation every you know five days, two of those guys. You're already ahead of the game. All you have to do is build around it. It shouldn't be that difficult. I know, but that's what we got this year. And as, and you know, going to the end of the season, and it's not great. I mean, what are the Mets going to do next year? They still got Cespedes. Who you know, who knows if he's coming back? They got Jay Bruce. I mean, what are they going to do? It's a great question. I don't know the answer to, and thanks for the call, Rob. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, and I'd have to seriously sit and think about how I would fix it. Because I'm impatient. I don't believe in rebuilding. I want to win now. I want to win next year. I want to win now. Tired of it. 
I'll trade DeGrom and let's see the guys that they get. Maybe they'll develop in a few years. Please. I mean, we've been through that already. You know, it's been well over 10 years since this team has been consistently good. I get that they were in the World Series in 15 and the Wild Card in 16. I'm talking about big picture, long term. You know, 2005 comes to mind because that was building towards something. And they were good in 05. And then they were very good, if not great, in 2006. Unfortunately, weren't great enough in the postseason against the Cardinals. And then they were, they were again, 2007 was supposed to be, you know, that year. And it was that year until the final couple of weeks of the season where they had a collapse and they haven't been the same since. Another collapse in 2008. Move into City Field and everything changed in 2009 for multiple reasons. And then since then, it's been, you know, 2010, 11, well, 10 lesser, but 11, 12, 13, 14, kind of evaluation mode and waiting it out. Those were the rebuilding years. Do you remember what it was like going through those years? 11, 12, 13, 14, where knowing you were going into a baseball season, 162 games of irrelevant baseball? knowing that there's no chance that the team plays, quote, meaningful games in September, 11, 12, 13, 14, off of, as I mentioned, the collapses in 07 and 08 and the disasters in 09 and 10. I can't go through that again. I'm sorry. That's no fun for anybody. So then how do you get to a point where the team can be built to play meaningful games all next year. You know, and sometimes even if you built that way, it doesn't work out, as we've seen the last couple of years. They need to try harder. One easy, quick fix way to do it is to go sign Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. That's number one. I've talked about it endlessly. JT Realmuto may be available from the Miami Marlins. If he is, go give them a package that they can't refuse. Rosario, Nimmo, Lugo, or whatever pitcher that they would want. Young, I'm not talking outside of obviously DeGrom and Syndergaard. I would think that Lugo might be of most interest to them, young, controllable guy. I mean, you'd love to give him Mats or Wheeler. It's not gonna, it's not realistic. Or maybe a younger pitcher that they want. One of the guys the Mets just drafted. Fine. That's a lot. Nemo, Rosario, and a younger pitcher or whatever for JT Realmuto. But I have my catcher secure now. And I go sign Manny Machado, and now I have my shortstop secured. And you still have Conforto in the outfield who you got to rely upon at some point to be an all-star year in, year out. Or at least close to that level. I'm not going to rely on Cespedes. I'm not relying on Bruce necessarily. But you don't need all-stars at every position. I'd like to have a center fielder that can, I don't know, play center field. A first baseman who could, maybe this is asking too much, play first base. You know, there are ways to do it. There are ways to build a baseball team without trading the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. 
Because even if you do trade DeGrom for a great package, what you deem a great package, there are no guarantees that those guys that you're bringing in are going to be legit major leaguers. I guess you want to say Yelich has already won a top prospect from the Brewers. Maybe you could sell me on that. And even if those two guys did turn into legit position players, that would help. But then you, you know, you need starters. I think the Mets need starters right now with DeGrom and with Syndergaard. All right, you want to believe in Wheeler? That's three. I'm not doing Mats. I can't do it with Mats anymore. I can't do it with the same guys next year. There's got to be a change. Whether it's moving Lugo to the starting rotation, where it's finding another starter elsewhere via trade. I I can't do the same rotation next year. I can take a chance on Wheeler being the same guy. I can't take a chance on Wheeler and Mats. Because now that's two-fifths of the rotation. And that's with me penciling in, dare I say it, Jason Vargas as the fifth guy who I can't stand. I never wanted him here in the first place. But if you tell me that on a team with Real Muto, Manny Machado, maybe some others, Vargas is a fifth guy, I could deal with it, at least to start next year. You could get by with the fifth starter, Jason Vargas, to start next year. And if he's non-competitive from the get-go, you release him and you move on. But I wouldn't have a huge problem going into next year with him as the fifth starter if Everything else around it changed. Now, I had a chance to sit down with Mickey Calloway before, and I didn't ask him about um, the rotation. We didn't have much time with Calloway. But uh, I did get to a couple of hard-hitting points with him, and uh, here's take, take a listen. And we're, uh, yeah, okay, he is there. We, I'm being told we uh, have the honor of being joined by Mickey Calloway. And I know your time is short, Mickey. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I'll get, uh, you know, try to stay positive here. I know it's been a rough year for you guys. Man, Jacob DeGrom, the guy continues to just go out there and dominate every fifth day, huh? This guy is a wrecking machine. And he's hungry. Yeah, he really is, Mickey. And, uh, I mean, is the one bright spot for you in an otherwise tough year. Jacob DeGrom has been the one bright spot. You ever let him know how you know how valuable he's been to you and your ball club? And I tell you something. Well, if he wasn't here, he, I probably wouldn't be alive today. The fact that you're here and doing as well as you're doing gives me, what do you call it, a motivation? Huh? To stay alive. Little by little, we lose everything. We keep losing and losing until we say, you know, what the hell am I living around here for? I got no reason to go on. Yeah, it's been tough. I understand that. Without him, there may, there may not be a reason to want to continue. I'll tell you this, though. One guy I love, Mickey, on your ball club is Michael Conforto. And not just because, you know, his last name ends in a vowel like mine, but I believe that Conforto could be an all-star, a perennial all-star. I know he was last year, but he still never had that year start to finish. Uh, starting to look like him old se- his old self the last few weeks. What advice has, have you given Michael Conforto this season? You're going to roll over him like a bulldozer, an Italian bulldozer. Yeah, and he's, you know, look, he's starting to attack the baseball, taking it uh, opposite field as well, hitting it with some authority. 
Uh, we'll end, obviously, on a sad note, Mickey. I know you got to run. Uh, it's been a rough year with injuries, in particular to your superstar, Yohan Cespedes. You guys have developed a, it seemed a good relationship back in spring training, or even before spring training, and, and obviously throughout. Uh, but then he, he got hurt. How do you talk to Cespedes about dealing with the significant injury that he's, that he's been dealing with? And if you ever get hurt and you feel that you're going down, this little angel is going to whisper in your ear. He's going to say, get up, you son of a bitch. Because Mickey loves you. Mickey Calloway, like you never heard him before with us exclusively on our war. Sound a little different. Uh, but anyway, it was fun to have him. And you, you appreciate the passion. You appreciate the love that he has. Uh, certainly for his players. 800-321-0710. We'll finish up on the phones when we come back. Yanks now have a 7-3 lead. Bottom of the sixth inning. Neil Walker is homered again um, in this one. So home runs from both sides of the plate for Neil Walker. Big night for him. 7-3 Yanks in the sixth. Giants still at halftime. Um, so we'll get you caught up on all that's going on uh, before we say goodbye. And your calls, again, finish us up here on the phones. 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone. Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York. 710 WOR.